0: Very quickly, turn your Bibles, hallelujah, to the book of Zechariah, chapter number four. Zechariah, chapter number four. I got a word in me that's bubbling. I actually began to talk to my leaders a little bit about this word on Friday night, hallelujah. And uh, since then, I haven't been able to shake it, and I've just developed it more amen and so now i'm gonna give it to you hallelujah you ready to do some work you ready to get into god's word amen Zechariah chapter 4 beginning at the first verse we read today in the name of the father the son of the holy ghost and the word of the lord says as so pray for my voice church because that first service wore me out amen they they were they came ready Amen. I told them I was going to brag on them, so I had to say it. All right. Verse 1. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. And said unto me, what seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps Which are upon the top thereof. That's going to make sense in a little while. And two olive trees by it. One upon the right side of the bowl. And the other upon the left side thereof. And if I were you, I would highlight that verse. Verse 4. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me. Saying, what are these, Lord? What are these, my Lord? Then the angel talked with me. Answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Woo! He was giving a word to the prophet to give to a builder. Do I got any builders in here? And he said, Tell them to get back to work, because it's not going to be by might or by power. But by my spirit, saith the Lord. Verse 7 Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of the house, his hands shall also finish it. You will finish. What you started. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. Why? For thou hath, for who hath despised the day of small things. And I'm going to stop right there. I want to talk to you or continue to talk to you under the subject uncommon builders. God is looking for uncommon builders builders. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, add blessing to your word now. Minister to your people in a powerful way today. We thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Zerubbabel, just in case you do not know, was a man of God who was called, watch this now, To build the temple. For the last two weeks, we have been talking about Nehemiah, who was called to build the walls around the temple. But today we're gonna rewind and we're gonna go back to the one who actually was called to build the temple. His name was Zerubbabel. God called him to build the temple, but because of enemies, he became frustrated and watch this, the work ceased. And because the work ceased, watch this, he became satisfied and accustomed to living somewhere outside of the will of God. I said, because of frustration due to enemies, uh, he stopped the work and settled to live somewhere outside of the will of God. And you know, the amazing thing to me about this text When the angel comes to him in Zechariah 4, you have to understand that the work had stopped for 16 years. 16 years. And so when I read about the angel coming back to him, I almost broke out in praise because it blessed my soul and I felt so much gratitude watch this, in understanding God's patience in the midst of his people's passivity. I said God's patience in the midst of his people's passivity isn't God amazing God could have easily got somebody else and said, you're taking too long man and just picked somebody else to do it and he's been known to do that on occasion hallelujah but if God has been patient with you you ought to take about 30 seconds and give God a little praise hallelujah because you know you know You know that God has been patient with you. I'm amazed, hallelujah, because this man knows he was given an opportunity. He missed it, and yet God sends a messenger. He knows he had an opportunity, missed it. Have you ever been there? And yet God is talking to him again. Oh, he's so good, hallelujah. It kind of reminds me of a story I heard about a missionary. Watch this now. uh, Who they gave a car to. So that he can get around, amen? Except for this vehicle, watch this, you had to kind of roll it or push it in order to get it started. And so he found himself, watch this, uh, having to always park on an incline. Uh, Whenever he did his missionary rounds, so that when he got out from what he was doing, he can get in the car, take it off park, throw it in neutral, let it roll down the hill a little bit, pop that thing, and get it started. Amen? If he didn't find an incline, he would leave the engine running while he did what he had to do. Amen, somebody? And uh, watch this. Or he would have to call some men to help him push the vehicle in order to get it going again. Are you following me so far? He gets to the place where he gets a little up there in age and he's starting to have some health issues. So it's time to find a replacement missionary. So he, this new guy comes in, amen, and he's training the new guy and starts telling him how to work the missionary vehicle. Amen. So he starts telling him, this is what you got to do. Remember to do this. And while he's talking, the guy pops the hood. The young guy pops the hood. Amen. And while he's still talking, he says, I think I know what the issue is here. And he sees a loose cable and he adjusts it. He tightens it, gets behind the wheel while he's still talking. And he starts that thing up. And to the missionary's surprise, the engine cranks immediately. Are you with me so far? So what's the moral of the story? Here's the moral of the story. Hallelujah. For two years. For two whole years, needless trouble had become a routine. For two years, come on somebody, hallelujah. Unnecessary trouble became a routine. And here's the thing that's powerful about the story. The power was there the whole time. But because of a loose connection, he couldn't tap into it. God, help me in here. The power was there, but because of a loose connection, hallelujah. Watch this. Some of us are not walking in power because our connection to the source is too loose. This is why we started off the year consecrating. To make sure, hallelujah, that we're plugged into the source so that we can walk with power. One cable started that vehicle because it was connected to the power supply. Are you connected amen somebody now let me deal with this text hallelujah let me get my my first point up there watch this before God calls a man to build an awakening must first begin hear this again before God calls a man to build an awakening must first begin now notice the text verse one it's crazy the Bible says that while the angel talked with him The man fell asleep. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that even possible? That while the message of God is going forth, someone could fall asleep? That doesn't happen, right? That doesn't happen in church. Right? That while the message of God is going forth, people are falling asleep? No way. Not in this church. Come on, you you missed a good place to shout right there. Hallelujah. Not in this church. But watch this, hallelujah. When you've been in a spiritual stupor, slumber for 16 years, when God starts talking, it's hard for you to stay engaged. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your, your, Your physical flesh, amen, hallelujah, has a hard time containing spiritual things. On one occasion, Jesus told his disciples, there's so much I want to share with you, watch this now, but you cannot bear it right now. You don't have the spiritual capacity to hold the wine I want to release. If you're in this place, shout glory. Glory. On one occasion in your Bible, watch this now, the apostle Paul is preaching. Now, if you thought your pastor can preach long, let me help you in here. You haven't heard long preaching until you heard the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul started preaching in the noonday. And the Bible says the sun went down and the Apostle was still preaching. Could you imagine being in that service? And the Bible says that there was a young lad sitting by the window. And Paul after, watch this, the King James says, long preaching. Even the Bible said he was preaching long. And Paul, after long preaching, caused the, the young lad to fall asleep. When the young lad fell asleep, he fell out the window of the third floor, broke his neck, and he died. Watch this. It is a picture of a young generation spiritually asleep and injuring themselves as a result. Are you in this place? Because they are asleep to spiritual things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But Paul, in his graciousness, because anybody else would have been like, well, let me keep preaching. No. Paul goes downstairs, watch this, snaps the kid's neck back in place, because that's what real leaders do. Straightens him out, hallelujah. The kid wakes up, watch this, and comes upstairs to finish hearing the rest of the message. Because after you have had an awakening, then you're ready to listen. Are you blessed in here? My God, help me in here. Sometimes it's our inability to contain spiritual matters, amen, that cause us to lose our heads in troubling times. Are you blessed in here, church? Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me show you another quick story. Hallelujah, very quick. Luke 9 and 28. It's 9 and 28. I gave the morning service 8 and 28, and it was the wrong text. 9 and 28. Luke 9 and verse number 28. Hallelujah. This is the story of when Jesus takes three disciples up on the mountain. We know this story well, but we usually get it from Matthew's account. Luke is a physician. I like Luke because he's more detailed. He's a doctor. So he gives us something that Matthew left out. And I want to show it to you. Watch this. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings. He took Peter and John and James and went into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed... The fashion of his countenance was altered. You know, when you pray, you change. I ain't get no amens right there. Because we usually pray, God change her. Oh, God change him. But when you pray, you change. All right, all right. And as, I, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. And his raiment was white and glistening Could you imagine Jesus transfiguring right before you? And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias. Now, if that wasn't enough, Moses showed up when Moses was dead. Ah, but death ain't the end. Moses shows up representing, watch this, the law. Elijah shows up representing the prophets. Jesus being the culmination of them. Watch this, hallelujah. An amazing picture, an amazing, glorious picture. You would be amazed, right, to be witnessing that. Watch this. Who appeared in glory and spake Watch this of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. They were having a conversation about Jesus' exit through the cross. And these three guys are there witnessing that. Next verse. But Peter and they that were with him. Are y'all reading what I'm reading? Were heavy with sleep. And when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And I I stopped for a second and I said, no way. Is it possible that God's glory could be manifested and we sleep through it? That God could be moving and we be unaware that the spirit of God would be manifesting, hallelujah, and we miss it. Fortunate for them, they woke up, hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But it allows me to know, hallelujah, that waking up is your responsibility. I, I love this text because the angel came to wake him up. And my thing is, God, don't let me sleep through it. If you're moving, wake, send an angel, send somebody. Do something, but don't let me sleep through a move of God. Because I want to be part of that thing, hallelujah. But oftentimes, hallelujah, we fall asleep. We fall asleep. We fall asleep like Samson did. Now, here's what you got to understand about Samson. That's a strong man. Samson has power. But watch this. He lays his head in the lap of compromise. Watch this. He begins to flirt with compromise. And for every time he flirts, he loses power. And for every time he plays, hallelujah, he loses power. To the point, hallelujah, one day he gets up thinking that he has the power he always has. Only to find out that it's gone. And it's too late. And the enemy apprehends him and gouges out his eyes. And he loses his vision. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Her name was Delilah. And Delilah means weakness. And the more you give in to your weakness, the more your power is taken away. And then when your adversaries come and it's time to fight, you don't have the power to work with. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Ooh, on another occasion, the Bible says, watch this, that while men slept. Where the men up in here? God, oh, they don't want to talk to me now. Hallelujah. Uh, it's time to wake up. Watch this. Hallelujah. While men slept. The enemy came in and began to sow tares. While men were sleeping, the enemy came into their property and sowed trouble. If there's trouble in the house, ask yourself the question, have you been sleeping on the job? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. On another occasion, watch this, Jesus calls uh, three of his disciples, the same one he called to the mountain, he calls them into Gethsemane to pray. And if you know the story like I do, hallelujah, they started out and they fell asleep, hallelujah. Isn't that something, hallelujah, God calls us to pray and we go to sleep. We've been sleeping on prayer. Ain't nobody want to talk back to me, hallelujah. It's going to get good in a little while. Just let me work this, hallelujah. I'm going to help you, amen. Uh, he's calling us to prayer and intercession, hallelujah, and we're falling asleep on him. He comes back, hallelujah, not because he needs their prayer, but he tells them, you got to pray. Because watch this, if you don't pray, you're going to fall prey to temptation, amen. And so if you're praying, praying taps you in, it plugs you in so that you can get the energy and the power you need to overcome temptation when it comes, and it will come, because I will submit to you that from here until glory, you will deal with temptation, and you need to be plugged in so that you can overcome when it comes. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Watch this. He calls us to the lost. He tells us to evangelize and reach the people that don't know Jesus. And you know what we do? We do the same thing Jonah does. We go in the opposite direction, hide in a low low place, and fall asleep. Jonah's at the bottom of the boat. Watch this. Because he decided, I'm not going to do what God told me to do, and I'm going to go this way. And so watch this. There we are. Not doing what God calls us to do, asleep headed in the wrong direction and what we don't know is that people's lives are at stake because of our unwillingness to move because when God called you he didn't call you just for you he called you to people and so while you're busy debating whether you're going to move people's lives are at stake waiting for you to decide oh Jesus And and let me just submit to you, hallelujah, that sometimes, watch this, it's not necessarily that you can't see literally, watch this, sometimes it's just that there's a veil over your eyes. Sometimes it's a veil of religion that doesn't let you see things clearly. Are you following what I'm saying? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, The apostle Paul is a perfect example. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, check it out when you have a chance, maybe it's 2 Corinthians, but watch this. It talks about that while they read the law of Moses, a veil remained. Over their eyes. And the only way the veil is lifted is when they come to Christ. In Christ, the veil is lifted. Are you following what I'm saying in here? It was a picture of the old covenant coming to an end and the new covenant coming into fruition. Amen. Can I, I know that you, you guys just came off a fast. So can I teach on another level? Can I, can, I, can I show you something deep? I normally would do this on a Wednesday, but since we've been fasting, I'm going to take you there. But I'm going to need your spiritual antennas to understand this, hallelujah. Because I'm going to show you a story that you're very familiar with, but not, not this familiar with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many of you are familiar with the story of Jarius's daughter? Jarius's daughter, Jarius' daughter is 12 years old, watch this, hallelujah, she falls sick, hallelujah, she's unconscious. Jarius comes to Jesus and says, I need you to come to my house and help me with my daughter, she is sick. Jesus says, I'm coming to your house, right? And if you know the story, Jesus and Jarius are walking towards Jarius' house, amen, and all of a sudden another woman shows up. And this woman interrupts where Jesus is headed because she has an issue. And you know, Jesus, God is so good, hallelujah, he stops, right, and he helps this woman with her issue, amen, and then after he helped her with her issue, he says, all right, Jarius, now let's go to your house. Only to find out that as they approach Jarius' house, amen, his men come out and said, trouble the master no more, for she is dead. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm a father, something's happening. I'm just going to be real right now. Something's happening in me, and I'm not very happy with that first, with that second woman that interrupted us on the journey. Because I'm thinking, because of you, the master was delayed. And because of that delay, my daughter died. And if you would have got there in time, hallelujah, she wouldn't have died. But how many of you know that when Jesus gets there, it is the right time? All right and that he knows exactly what he's doing. Are you tracking with me so far? All right, so now let's let's get deeper. Hallelujah. So we have two women Two women, let me first say this to you, hallelujah. I want you to think in terms of the church, because oftentimes when the Bible speaks about the church, it refers to the church in the female tense. She is the bride of Christ, and he is the husbandman. And I want to show you a picture of two churches here. You ready for me? Watch this. This is a picture of two churches, amen. One is older than the other. Are you with me? She, She comes first. She's the one that interrupts him. She's older than the other, so we got two churches, an Old Testament church and a New Testament church. Watch this now. Let me work it. It says that the woman with the issue of blood had that issue for how long? Twelve years, right? And the little girl that belonged to Jarius was how old? Twelve. You think that's a coincidence? That's not a coincidence. The old represents 12 tribes of Israel. Talking about that Old Testament church. The 12-year-old represents the apostolic age that is to come. Watch, watch, watch. It's talking about the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. Now, what if I told you that, watch this, that little girl cannot wake up until Jesus first deals with an issue. God, help me here. She cannot wake up and the apostolic age cannot come to be because the old is still in existence. And it's not until the old ends that the new can come into fruition. Are you with me, church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so watch this. You need some more. Let me give you some more. What's the issue? It's an issue of blood. Watch this. It is a picture, watch this, of blood be continually having to be spilled because of sin and the flow of blood cannot stop and it doesn't matter what she does and she has tried if you know the text she has really tried there's nothing she can do to stop it she's in a dilemma because of sin and it's a blood issue and watch this the problem is that the first covenant was faulty in this that animal sacrifices could not, could not take sin away it could only cover sin for a year so because it could only cover sin for a year they called it atonement the sacrifices had to keep happening and keep happening and keep happening and keep happening happening. so it was an issue of blood until she reached for the last sacrifice help me in here when she reached for the last sacrifice the blood stopped hallelujah because the animal sacrifices stopped with Jesus and when Jesus stopped it now we can go over there and wake up the apostolic age and the church hallelujah with the 12 founding apostles can now I know that's deep but have you ever looked at the story like that there's stuff underneath the surface Uh, you gotta dig for it that's, that's what the Bible refers to as revelation amen somebody that's deep calling unto deep Amen, church? I could stop preaching right there. And we would have had church today. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. Woo. I'm having church by myself right now. Woo. But watch this. Watch this. That has already taken place. Uh, but it seems to be that even people who profess to be Christians... Are still operating with a veil. And, and it's a religious spirit. Hallelujah. And 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 watch this now. The Apostle Paul has it. And because he still has that veil over his eyes, he is persecuting Christians. In the name of God, because he can't see right. Because he still needs to be awakened. And before God calls a man to, I ain't lost, before God calls a man to build, he has the first experience, an awakening. And the apostle Paul is going to be one of the greatest builders of the church, hallelujah. But right now, he can't see right. And so Jesus uh, intercepts him on the road to Damascus, amen. He has this amazing experience. He falls on the floor. When he gets up, he's blind. Because up until that point, he has been seeing incorrectly. So God said, I'm going to shut your eyes so I can give you some insight then he calls a man named Ananias to go to him, pray for him so that he can receive his sight when Ananias prays for him the Bible says scales scales, what seemingly looked like scales fell from his eyes when the scales fell he got full of the Holy Ghost some of us ain't walking in power because we still have religious scales over our eyes You see, I'm preaching more on that side because they're clapping. I ain't getting no love over here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you're blessed, shout glory. glory. So what I'm trying to get at, hallelujah, is that the church needs a second touch. I said the church is going to need, I believe God began to do it on Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I just said? I believe God began something broken here on Wednesday night. I don't know if you were here, hallelujah, but it was heavy. It was the glory, and it was here, and it was heavy. Show me 2 Kings 19 and 5. You ready? I'm feeling this thing, hallelujah. Watch this. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, now this is Elijah after he had taken 400 plus prophets up on Mount Carmel, defeated them by bringing fire down from heaven. The next day he gets a threat from a woman named Jezebel and he's on the run. On a good day, he took care of all these false prophets. On a bad day, he got threatened that he's running, he's suicidal, kill me, God, I don't wanna do this no more. He falls asleep under a juniper tree. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, Then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. Ain't God good? He's suicidal. He wants to quit. And God sends a messenger. This guy's been dead for 16 years. Hallelujah. uh, Spiritually. And God sends a messenger to touch him. Watch this now. Hallelujah. And watch this. And he looked and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals. Special delivery from heaven. Angel food cake. Y'all not hearing me in here. This is divine food. Uh, Watch this. The angel brought it. All right. And a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and lay him down again. God ain't, listen, God ain't talking to you so you can go back to sleep. But God is so good. Watch the next verse. And the angel of the Lord came again, a second time. Oh, you ought to praise him for coming again. Watch this. And touched him again, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Hallelujah. Woo. God is challenging some people under the sound of my voice to get ready to start eating at another level for the place that I am taking you to. Because the place that I'm taking you to is going to require food from another place. It's going to require divine food. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there's greatness on the inside of you that I need to release. You need to be prepared for. He touched him again. He needed a second touch, and he was a prophet. And if the prophet needs a second touch, sometimes we need a second touch to be awakened. Ah, wake me up, God. Mark 8 and 22. Mark 8 and 22. Mark 8 and 22. Watch this. This is talking about Jesus now. And Jesus, he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him. And besought him to touch him. Jesus touched this man. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Sometimes he has to remove you from some atmospheres before he can do what he really needs to do in your life. You're asking for a touch, but you're not willing to leave. And sometimes God has to lead you out of certain atmospheres that are not conducive to a move of God and so I have to move you to another place before I touch you Mm. some of us need to thank God for some of the stuff he snatched us out from he didn't ask him he grabbed him by the hand and he took him and somebody ought to take a little praise break right there hallelujah because you know that if it had not been for the Lord if he wouldn't have snatched you out of that stuff you were in God only knows where you would be today. Come on, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Bible said concerning Lot, Lot and his family, while they were in Sodom and Gomorrah, that two angels went in there and snatched them up by the hand. They told them to get out, but when they hesitated, the angel grabbed them by the hand and led them out. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful. For God's snatching me out of some stuff. Watch this. And when he has spit on his eyes. Talk about uncommon. And put his hands upon him. Watch this now. He asked him if he saw aught. Can you see? And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again on his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Woo, ain't your God good? I love the fact that he wasn't satisfied with him seeing blurry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because somebody else would have just said, all right, you good. You see better than you did before. I mean, he could have easily said, that's an improvement, man. You need to just live with that. But not Jesus, hallelujah. I don't want to have, if I touch you, you're going to see correctly. God, help me in here. And if I have to touch you twice, if it requires two touches, then I'll touch you again. Do I got anybody in here who would dare pray, God, touch me again. Hey, I remember the first touch, but touch me again, God. Hallelujah. Oh, Woo. Woo, my God, have mercy in here. Many today, many today are sleepwalking. Sleepwalking. Just because your eyes are open don't mean you can see. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? And many, and God is not going to build through people who have eyes and cannot see. Ears and cannot hear. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? You got to come out of your sedated self. You let the world medicate you. Hallelujah. But I hear God saying in this season, I'm going to remove the scales from your eyes so that you can begin to see clearly. I don't want to see my people walking around without revelation. Are you blessed in here church? Oh, let me give you my second point. Before God puts tools in your hands, this is like a continuation of the first point. Before God puts tools in your hands, he will first examine your eyes. Because watch this, he opens them and now you see. And you can see where you are at, but here's a question, do you see where you're going? Do do you just have eyes? God, help me. God told a man named Abraham, look from where you are. Not look at where you are, but too many of us could only see where we are. And he said, look from where you are, as far as you can see, you can have. And so before God puts tools in your hands, he's going to first examine your vision. It matters how you perceive. Perception is Everything, the church needs to can I can I preach like I feel it? I feel I don't I'm feeling something in here. Watch this. Uh, we need to learn how to rebuke the spirit of the thief. The spirit of the thief is trying to get up in God's church. Now let me let me explain that to you. Hallelujah. You know the story when Jesus goes into the temple and turns the tables over. Amen. He was upset. You read that story. You go, my God, Jesus. Is really mad. Yes, he is. Amen, somebody. He he goes in there. He turns the tables over. But do you know why? Do you know why? The reason he turns the tables over, watch this, uh, the main reason is because he showed up and the people missed the day of his visitation. He came to his own and his own received them not. He came and they didn't perceive who he was. There was a move of God taking place and they were unaware. The Bible says he began to weep because he saw the people, watch this now, as sheep without A shepherd. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he was upset because he knew that the reason the people missed the day of visitation was because of something that was not happening in the church. It wasn't that stuff wasn't happening in the church. It it was that the thing the church was built for was not happening. And so he turned the tables over and said these words, My father's house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have turned it into a den of thieves. And this is why I said the church needs to learn how to rebuke the spirit of the thief. That has gotten into the church and gotten us doing a lot of things except the thing the church was really built for. And so watch this, the church needs to learn how to take a little more responsibility because we're real quick to point out what's happening out there and start talking about how the people in the world are crazy but Jesus said they're acting crazy because something that's supposed to be happening in my house is not happening in my house and they're missing the day of visitation because we are not praying. And so, what do you see? He told Jeremiah, What do you see? On one occasion. He told Isaiah on another occasion, What do you see? God would show the prophet something, and the prophet would need help seeing it. And so he would ask, He asked this man, What do you see because when God gets ready to change a season watch this it's never going to be about what you're dealing with but how you perceive what you're dealing with in other words God wants to know can you make an anointed assessment can you see it like I see it are you blessed in here because watch this what you see will determine your approach I said what you see will determine your approach. Moses, what is that in your hand? A stick. No. If all you see is a stick, you're going to stay stuck. Watch this. But if you see a rod, you can run with the vision. Oh, God. It's a matter of perception. As long as Moses thinks all he has is a stick, a dead piece of wood, he is not going to Pharaoh's courts. But if he understands that that rod represents God's power and God's authority going with him, then he will go. It is a matter of perception. How you see will determine your approach. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Glory. On another occasion, Jesus told, I mean, not Jesus, God told Moses or Moses told his 12 spies. You remember the story of the 12 spies? He told them, Go into the promised land, scout out the land for me, and bring me back a report. You know what was happening there? What was happening there? God was testing eyes. I said, God, God was testing eyes. Watch this now. And so you know the story, right? They come back with a report, and Moses says, What did you see? What did you see? Watch this. Some say, we see grasshoppers. And then the others say, we see breakfast. You got to know the story to know what I'm talking about. Watch this now. Ten of them say, we see grasshoppers. Watch this. Here's what they really say. They said, when we saw the giants, we saw, watch this, ourselves as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Hear what I'm saying. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. And I said to myself, wait a minute. How do you know that they saw you as grasshoppers if you didn't ask them? No, what you did was that you projected to them how you see yourself. And watch this, hallelujah. People will always look at you the way you see yourself. So before God ever calls you to build something big, you got to see what he gave you correctly, and you have to see yourself correctly. Because God has an opinion about you, and sometimes yours don't match his. God, help me in here. At one point, watch this, uh, 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 Gideon. He came to Gideon, he said, watch this, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, me, I'm the least in my family, and I'm the least of my tribe. So here you got, you got two opinions about the same man. By two different people, somebody's lying. And it ain't God. He said, I'm the least. God said, you're a mighty man. Somebody's not telling the truth. What do you see? It matters. Are you in this place? Jeremiah said, I can't do it because I'm too young. God said, don't say you're too young. Just say what I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of their faces. The fact that you're young is going to bring me glory. Some people won't do what God's calling my God some people uh, won't do what God's calling them to do hallelujah because uh, all the stuff they think they need. I, I can't do it because I need this and I need that and I need this and uh, I need that hallelujah are you hearing what I'm saying? but this is not about what you need. this is about what God watch this is setting you up to receive. Don't let your need distract you but rather let it create an expectation in you. Watch this. The enemy oftentimes torments people who do not know how to walk with a need. The apostle Paul said, I learned to to be a base and a bound. In other words, I learned, watch this, to be in want and not to be in want. And and, and either way, nothing changes. Are you following what I'm saying? So watch this. Walking with a need is not necessarily a bad thing. If the woman with the issue of blood ignores her need, she would have never reached for her healing. You just got to know how to walk with a need. See, I walk with a need knowing I'm surrounded by supply. All I need are good eyes. I said all I need, God help me in here. All I need are good eyes. But when you don't have good eyes, watch this, it could be right in front of you. It could be right in front of you. And because you don't have good eyes, you don't see it. Ooh. Moses, what's that in your hand? See it correctly. He told the widow woman, what do you have in your house? And she said, nothing. And she had a flask of oil. And the prophet told her, what you need, you already have in your possession. Because your, but Because your eyes are not good, you keep overlooking something that I gave you. Samson, we talked about him earlier. Before he lost his eyes, he had good ones for a little while, anyway. And on one occasion, watch this they send him into the Philistine camp. Watch this to be destroyed by a thousand Philistines. He was by himself. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. He breaks out of the chains. And the first thing he does is not look at the enemy, is look around. And he finds the jawbone of a donkey. And that might not look like a a fierce weapon to you, but if God gets in it, you can't lose. And so watch this. He defeats 1,000 Philistines. Are you hearing what I'm saying? With something that he found near him. What has God placed near you that you keep overlooking that he wants to use to get you the victory? Are you blessed in here? I show you another verse can we go deep again one last time yes. all right show me Isaiah 52 8 Isaiah 52 8 I'm almost there saints thy watchmen shall lift up watch this now the voice now that's that's not even good English 18th century English or not this is the King James listen to what it's saying the watchman is plural actually just so you know the watchman shall lift up it should say their voice But it says the voice. If you were here on Wednesday, hallelujah, you would understand what being one voice or being of one mind and one accord really means, hallelujah. Because when we were talking about the glory, that was a prerequisite. Amen. Watch this. The watchman shall lift up the voice. And then watch this now. With the voice, together shall they sing. Not with their voices, with the voice. One voice. Together shall they sing. Why? For they they shall see eye to eye. Where there's agreement, there will be glory. All right, you need more. Let's go deeper. How many of you remember the Ark of the Covenant we talked about on Wednesday? You remember that Ark of the Covenant? That Ark of the Covenant represented the glory of God. Anybody in here? I need some scholars who remember what was on top of the, the top part of the Ark was called something. It was called the mercy seat. Now, on top of the mercy seat was something else. Anybody know what it is? There were angels. How many angels? All right, but were they just sitting up there in any old position or were they in a particular position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were facing, watch this now, they were facing each other. And the Bible says that the glory was not in the box. The glory rested between the cherubim's. And so the glory of God will always rest in between two who see eye. God help me in here. Who see eye to eye? If we can see eye to eye, the glory will be there. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that you don't have an opinion and you can't express an opinion. It just means that you won't turn. You won't turn because of pettiness. You know how to concentrate on what's the most important. Which is the glory. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Ah. I'll tell you what, you stick a pin in me right now, I will pop. I don't know if I'm the only one, hallelujah. Watch this, I got to hurry up. Give me my, you need to, no, no, don't give it to me yet, don't give it to me yet. Because I need to prepare you for this. I'm about to release a prophetic word in this house. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? But before I do, let me explain it to you because it comes right out of the text. I don't talk out my head. I talk out the text. Watch this. The text says, watch this. The text says that when he finally looked, he saw, watch this, a golden lampstand, Kind of like the one that the book of Revelation talks about. Kind of like the one that you see in the tabernacle. Stay with me for all you who study a little bit. Amen. Watch this. And it had seven lamps. And this particular one had seven lamps on the same level. The one in Revelation talked about the seven lamps being the seven churches. It represents the church. Are you following what I'm saying in here? Then there was, watch this now, a huge reservoir bowl. All this made in gold. Gold being indicative of divinity. Are you with me so far? Amen. So watch this. A reservoir bowl, watch this, made of gold, being fed through two golden pipes. Watch this. That was coming from two olive trees. Are you ready for me? Put it up there real quick. This is the year where I'm going to supply you on both sides. Now you didn't watch this. I failed to mention one thing. The Bible says one of the olive trees was on the left and the other olive tree was on the right. And we had already declared, hallelujah, that this was going to be an uncommon year. It is common for you, hallelujah, to be fed on one side, supplied on one side. But I hear God saying in the spirit, this is the year and the season, watch this, hallelujah, where I supply you on both sides. And if I got a church that will say, that's my word, and I receive it, take about 60 seconds and give God a praise in this place, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, God, not just one side, but both sides. Woo! An unexhaustible flow. Hallelujah. That's what the bowl, that reservoir bowl represents. It was going to continually be fed from two sides, not one side, so that it wouldn't run out. And I came to declare in HPC. Hallelujah. And I pray for the other churches too. But I came to declare in here. Hallelujah. That you're not just going to be fruitful for a little season. Hallelujah. But there's going to be a continual flow. I said a continual flow. Hallelujah. Right when you waste it. Here comes another one and right when you finish that one here comes another one God help me in here it's going to be limitless power it's going to be an all-sufficient power a power that does not fail and a power that does not run out It's going to be, God, it's going to be like that widow woman, hallelujah, who the Bible says, hallelujah, they were going to, she was in debt, and they were going to come and collect her sons so they could work off the debt, hallelujah, and that was her situation until the oil started flowing, and let me just submit in here, hallelujah, that when the oil is flowing, you will not lack. I said, when the oil starts flowing, you will not lack. When, listen, she was broke until the oil started flowing. When the oil started flowing, the Bible says that she paid off her debt. She sold the oil, paid off her debt. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And lived off the rest. Why? Because the oil started flowing. When the oil starts flowing, God, help me in here. You cannot lack. that story the oil just kept flowing as long as she kept bringing vessels as long as there was vessels the oil was flowing as long as there was vessels God took the bottom out of it hallelujah and it just kept coming down you cannot like when that oil starts flowing and I hear God saying it's going I need somebody who believes, man I need somebody hallelujah who's not allowed that situation hallelujah to put you to sleep and you can't receive a prophetic word I'm gonna supply you from both sides I believe God gave me that text for you. Hallelujah. The Bible talks. I'm almost done. You guys all right? The Bible talks about. Wow. That time is moving. The Bible talks about. Watch this. uh, Matthew 25 talks about ten virgins. You know the parable of the ten virgins? The Bible says about the ten virgins. Watch this. Hallelujah. The five of them took lamps. And the other five took lamps. But the five foolish ones uh, didn't take extra oil. They took whatever was in the lamp and they went. The five wise ones. Took an extra jar of oil they had reserved. And the Bible says, watch this, hallelujah, that they got close, hallelujah, to their destination. They started talking about the bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. And watch this. It was late at night. It was dark. Watch this now. And so the ones that didn't have oil ran out and couldn't see. And so they ran to the ones that had oil, and they said, let us borrow some of your oil. And you know what they said? No. <laughs> now, you might, <laughs> now you might be here and going, man, that's messed up, man. We brothers. ain't we, you know, we say, my God, you can't help a brother out. You, you can't help a sister out. I forgot to bring some oil. And they said no, because there might not be enough, hallelujah, and we don't want to miss our visitation. Watch this, but here, here's what they were really saying, hallelujah. Watch this, this is my oil. And watch this, while you could borrow vessels, you can't borrow oil. I said, you could borrow vessels, you could borrow lamps, but you can't borrow oil, hallelujah. I can't, listen, hallelujah, how do I expect, hallelujah, to operate in an oil that somebody else labored for? The devil is a liar. This oil cost me, hallelujah. I had to pay for this oil. You want this oil? You got to be willing to do what I do so that I can walk in this oil, hallelujah. Get your own anointing. Do you hear what I'm saying? And the Bible says, watch this, the bridegroom came and they missed it. You miss it because you had no oil. Now, now let me help somebody in here. I'm almost there. I'm the, the landing gear is down. And we are making our approach and our descent. Now, watch this. The text goes on to say, I think somewhere around verse 4, the angel asked him again, do you see this? And he said, no, I still don't get it. Yeah, and, you know, it's been 16 years, so you got to give the, the guy a chance. Amen? Watch this. Do you see this? And he said, no. And I want, I wonder, I just wonder, if anybody in here has fully comprehended what God has put on you. you. You know, yeah, I'm anointed, I'm anointed. Do you really fully comprehend the weight of, God, of what God has put on you? I, I just got a funny, a funny feeling that some of us have not really understood the weight and the glory that God has laid on us. God, help me in here. But I hear God saying, I love this text because the angel doesn't give up on him. And I hear God saying, this year, in this season, I'm going to open your eyes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make real clear to you what I put on you. Hallelujah. So that you can move forward. Hallelujah. And build for Jesus. Oh, do I got a church in here this morning. <laughs> Woo! Listen, it's coming. It's coming from both sides it's coming from both sides hallelujah you know how you know what that really blesses me amen watch this it blesses me because it lets me know that whatever i have to confront when it stands in front of me to block me it's going to get hit with the oil god help me in here and whatever attacks me from behind is going to get hit with the oil hallelujah and the last time i checked the bible says that the anointing breaks Every yoke, it's a breaker, hallelujah. And because it's coming from both sides, hallelujah. If you block me, it's going to hit you. And if you attack me from behind, it's going to hit you, hallelujah. Because it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. saith the Lord, do I got a church in here who's ready to walk in the power of the spirit? Give God some praise in here. Praise Him like you know it's true. Praise Him like that stuff is on you already. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Woo. You cannot master what you don't understand. But God said, I'm going to make it real clear. Oh, in this season, you're going to learn how to maneuver your mantle. I say you're going to learn how to maneuver your mantle. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? This ain't even about qualifications. God will qualify you. As a matter of fact, I hear God saying, in this season, you're not going to get what you deserve. You're going to get what I decide. God, help me in here. You might not even deserve it, but if God decides it. That's why he said, I know I'm going to go forward. Watch this go forth with cryings of grace. Grace, because I know where the power comes from. It's not my power. It's not man's power. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. It's the grace of God on my life. Hallelujah. That's equipping me and preparing me to build for Jesus. Jesus. Don't let me sweat up here all by myself, church. I got to land because some of us are ready to eat. Whoo. God have mercy in here. Jesus said, upon this rock, I shall build my church. Except the Lord build the house. You ain't building it. You're just an instrument he's building through. Yeah. Amen. Can I, can I have five more minutes and I'll land it? Five more minutes? I know the game's coming. Listen, I don't start till three o'clock. <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop. Watch this. Watch this. I get nervous. Watch this. It, you can live without power, but why would you? You know, I have tremendous respect for Amish people because they decide that they're gonna live without power. Amen. I'm just not gonna follow them down that road. Amen, hallelujah. (laughs) I could live without power, but why would I? Now, now if we went to the spiritual end of things, I'm sure they're probably more powerful than a lot of us from a spiritual perspective. And that's what I'm really getting at, hallelujah. But what I wanna submit to you, watch this, is that power has to be channeled in order for it to be any good. I said power has to be channeled in order for it to be any good. If you know anything about electrical power, you know that it is channeled through wires. Through your home into a, a, a transformer and then through wire into your home. Are you following? And I am an electrician, so I had to search this out. Hallelujah. Amen. But watch this. The wiring is the channel. It is the conduit. It is the instrument through which the power flows. So it is with God. God doesn't, watch this, empower things. He empowers people. And people become the channel, the conduit, and the instrument that God's power flows through. Oh, God, help me in here. This is why the text says, not by power, nor by might, but by the Holy, it's Holy Ghost power. It's dunamis. It's a different kind of power. Can Can I just read you my last point? God, help me in here. No anointing goes untested. Did you hear what I just say? No anointing goes untested. Amen. If you are anointed, you already have an appointment with a mountain. I said, "If you are anointed, you already have an appointment scheduled with a mountain verse 7 say what mountain is this that stands before Zerubbabel you shall be made a plain oh god have mercy in this place did you hear what i just say hallelujah and so watch this hallelujah mountains are part of the process conflict is part of the process But you need to know how to deal with mountains biblically. Amen. Because I hear the Lord saying in this season, if you'll talk to it, you won't have to climb it. I said in this season, if you talk to it, you won't have to climb it. Because here's what you have to learn as a Christian about obstacles. Obstacles were meant to be spoken to. I said they were meant to be. Jesus says speak to the mountain hallelujah watch this he didn't say ask your pastor to speak to your mountain your mountain knows your voice and your mountain is waiting to hear your voice and your mountain will will move hallelujah when it hears your voice when you speak to that mountain hallelujah when you understand that obstacles were meant to be spoken to when you understand that when a Jericho wall stands before you the way you bring it down is with your mouth when you understand that you got to open your mouth hallelujah and talk to that thing hallelujah then you'll see that thing come down when a Goliath when a giant stands before you to block you and starts talking to intimidate you and says things like little boy why do you come at me with sticks like I'm some kind of dog hallelujah I'm gonna cut your head off and I'm gonna feed you to the birds and the little boy don't get intimidated hallelujah he opens his mouth and he says you come at me hallelujah with weapons hallelujah and vain words but I come to you in the name of the Lord hallelujah who has given you into my hands this day this day this day and when I finish with you I'm gonna take your head off and I'm gonna feed you to the birds hallelujah talk to it address it hallelujah if you talk to it you won't have to climb it God do I got a church in here Somebody open your mouth right there. Take 30 seconds and just start talking to it. Start talking to it. I got to quit. Woo! He said in the text, hallelujah, you got to have an attitude. He had an attitude. He said, what mountain is this? Who are you? You're about to be flattened. That's what he said. You're about to be brought low. You're about to bow because I'm not operating under my own ability. The thing that's on me is working through me. I'm not doing it by might nor by power. Let me, musicians, come up here. Hallelujah. Because I just keep talking. I can't, I can't give you the rest. The last verse that I read, verse 10, said, Who has despised? Small beginnings. Now, can I minister to somebody personally? Can, can, can I minister to somebody personally before we go? Watch this. Hallelujah. Every living thing started small. Amen. Hear this, preacher. Every living thing started small. You started small. Amen, somebody? Amen. You, you, you got to understand it. So you have to have a healthy respect. Watch this. For small things. Every invention began with a small idea. Even the universe, which is immense, began with particles that you can't see with the human eye called atoms. Are you following what I'm saying in this place? Ah, See, we're living in a day where everybody wants to be big. I want it big. I want everything big, supersize it. But it's important to remember, hallelujah, how important small things are. The Bible teaches us to appreciate, watch this, small beginnings. And God will bless them if you don't despise them. Are you blessed in here? Hallelujah. Let me, I'll end with some clippings that I pulled out for you. Amen. The 9 a.m. didn't get this, this extra. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Watch this. Just to encourage you before we go. In in 1840, a professional said, anyone traveling at the speed of 30 miles per hour will surely suffocate. Not. Amen. But that's what a professional said. Watch this. In 1878, electric lights are unworthy of serious attention. Not. Amen. In 1897, the radio has no future. Not. In 1901, no possible combination can be united into a practical machine by which men shall fly. Flying won't work. Not. In 1926, a scientist said, the foolish idea of shooting towards the moon is basically impossible. Not. 1930. To harness the energy locked up in matter is impossible. Not. In 1946, television won't be able to hold on to any market it captures after six months. People will get tired of looking at a square plywood box. Not. Not. And this came from the 20th Century Fox, 1946. There have always been those who have gotten up to say it cannot happen. But uncommon builders. Blaze trails, hallelujah. And go where nobody has gone before. Do I got some uncommon builders in the house? Stand to your feet in here and give God praise. We're going to build this year. I said we're going to build this year. We're going to build this year. Woo! We're leaving. Do not overestimate what you can do alone. Hear me. Do not overestimate what you can do alone. But do not underestimate what God can do through you. There's a difference between arrogance and confidence. God's will will never lead you to a place His power can not sustain you. Ooh. Are you blessed in here, church? Are you really blessed in here, church? see people correctly. He touched the blind man and his eyes opened and he asked him, what do you see? He said, I see men as trees walking. Watch this. And Jesus said, "Mm -mm, I can't use you greatly if you can't see people correctly. So he touched them again and he said, now I see all men clearly. Can you see sees them. There's an old song I like that said, give me your eyes for just one minute. Give me your eyes so I can see. I want to see like you see. See, because a lot of us look at the dirt and point at that, not realizing that he puts treasure in earthen vessels. And that oftentimes, in order to get to the treasure, you have to get through the dirt. But if all you do is find dirt, that'll make you spiritual. That's easy. You hang out with anybody long enough, you're going to find something to talk about. The real challenge is, can you really see the kingdom of God? It's like hidden treasure that when a man finds it, watch this, he goes and sells all he has so that he can purchase the whole field in order to tap into the treasure. See, we just want to wanna go through shortcuts and we just want to tap into the good of people. But you're not going to tap into the treasure until you buy the whole field. Dirt and all. And so the religious scales have to be moved so that you can really see in here, church. Lift those hands. We're leaving, but can we just praise them a moment? We're leaving.